Hello and welcome to Everyday People, where people balance work and life every day. That's the newest tagline I came up with. Let's see how long that lasts. Today I'm going to talk to you without editing this, so I'm hoping that I cut out a lot of ums and ers naturally. Let me talk about the blog that I wrote this past Saturday. It's called Your Worksheet for a More Satisfying 2023. I talked about New Year's resolutions and why they are very important to me. Basically, at the end of 2015, I had a breakup from the longest relationship I'd ever had, three and a half years. And so 2016 was just around the corner and I thought, cool, New Year's resolutions, let me plan my life. And I made the big fucking plan of 2016, I called it. And then after that, I've taken New Year's resolutions very seriously every year. So I talked a little bit about mine this year, but also how I convert it into a system which is actually usable. How do you break down what's important to you? How do you convert that into goals? And then how do you make that a weekly list? Written very briefly, not in way too much detail. However, I did make a worksheet for you, which is downloadable without any hitches from that article itself. So check out the description of this. If you're listening to this anywhere other than Substack, thank you. But also come over to Substack. That's where I write a blog for each episode that comes out alongside this. So you can see a lot of the highlights from the podcast written out for you if you wanted to read while listening. I also am starting another thing, another thing this year. So I, I make weekly to-do lists and I've been doing that for a while, but not every week, sometimes on, sometimes off. This year, I'm going to try and do it weekly just for it to be public because I think it's interesting to share insights from how I'm sort of dealing with work and life. Since this is a work-life balance podcast, now I found the identity of it. Might as well talk about mine. So from last week, I had 19 items on my list. It sounds like a lot. It's not because I am accounting for every important thing I'm doing, not just work. So stuff around the house, stuff around my hobbies, my workouts, everything is being noted down in that. I didn't write the workouts this time. But yeah, everything that I'm doing in the week that is important or significant or planned. And 19 things a week is less than three things a day. So anyway, uh, you can see the list below. But what I managed to do was finish 11 of them. Five of them were incomplete and three of them got cancelled, i.e. they became irrelevant. So 11 out of 16 instead, which is 68.75%. Very satisfied with that because lists are there to help me not to make me feel ashamed of not meeting some arbitrary standard of productivity. I don't care that I didn't finish 100% of it. I finished 11 items that I planned, which might have been 11 items that I didn't do if I hadn't planned. So use your list for satisfaction and wherever you land, that's good enough. I landed at 68% this past week. Let's see how I end up in week two. You'll find that out next week. Let's move on to everyday people now. So this week's guest is very special. I know I say that every week, but what I loved about my guest this week is that he's part of something that is small. It's grassroots. It's not widestream popular yet. And to hear him talk about it and the passion behind it is amazing. So my guest today is Benoit Stephen. He came by recommendation from Urvi Khetan, episode 111. And Benoit is involved in the industry and sport around a game called Ultimate Frisbee, which is competitive frisbee throwing. So I asked him about it. I got to understand the work he does with children in that space, the work he does with his organization, which is a nonprofit. And because he is a player himself, he's an athlete, I asked him about his relationship with fitness. All that and more in Everyday People with Benoit Stephen coming up right now. Welcome, Benoit Stephen. How do I pronounce your last name? Yeah, it's Benoit Stephen. 
Ben I Stephen. Uh my first question always to my guest is who are you? What do you do? And what is your current side project? Hi, I'm Benoy Stephen and who am I is a question I'm still figuring out uh but right now I'm trying to be a better human going ahead and currently something I'm actively working on is building Why Ultimate. Why Ultimate is a non-profit that we have set up to build life skills in kids through the sport of ultimate frisbee ultimate frisbee is a uh, quite a new sport it's a self refereed non contact team sport which is played often in a mixed gender format we use this as a medium to work with kids and uh, this is pretty much a lot of my side project as well so along with making kids play i am also trying to play and become a better athlete myself So I think that would be the side project at this point. So you are an ultimate frisbee player yourself. Yes. I'm not very familiar with the sport. I do I have heard of it through um MKBHD who's a tech YouTuber. He's also Oh yeah yeah. Yeah. So I he's yeah. a professional New York player. Empire. So yeah. w- why frisbee over any other sport like what drew you into it and what made you say cool I'm going to work with kids on this. Sure. So I mean couple of stories coming in okay. um yeah um so first of all i just give you a quick heads up about what the sport is so ultimate frisbee is very similar to rugby okay but there is no contact there is no violence and that's the major difference so it's a 100 meter field so the similar length as a football field the objective is that one team tries to keep passing the disc among its teammates and take it all the way to the other side and there you have a scoring area if you catch it inside that you get a point however it is not so simple because once you have the frisbee you have to stop you cannot move after that so your teammates can move but you can't move and also along with it once you get the frisbee you have only 10 seconds to throw in these 10 seconds if you do not make a pass then the opposite team gets possession and while it is in the air then anybody can get it so your opposition can also try to get it. so if you try to throw and it is not complete which basically means your teammate doesn't catch it it falls down it goes out that means the opposite team gets it. so it's quite a fast paced game with rolling substitution so right after a point people like sometimes the entire team gets changed and yeah something that really attracts me uh, about this sport particularly is the fact that it's a self refereed sport and because it is a self refereed sport there is a lot of focus that is given on this aspect called spirit of the game so yes. in the rule book of ultimate frisbee the first rule is spirit of the game like before even going into the technical aspect of how you play whatever it is how do you score a point the first rule is spirit of the game and a beautiful line that is there is that it is the responsibility for all the players to uphold the spirit of the game Yeah and you know just because you play competitive that doesn't mean you can throw this aspect away mm. so i think that fundamentally is quite different and because it is self refereed uh, any conflict that happens on the field there is nobody from outside to come in and give you a yellow card or a red card or like tell you right and wrong you have to stand up and say hey there was a foul on me you have to talk to the other person however you feel you were unfairly treated also but you have to stand up and you have to voice right. first of all and the other person listens to you and then you engage in a dialogue to understand that and then you resolve that conflict and 
resolving the conflict also there are three things about it either the other person listens to it and say yes i accept i made a mistake it's a foul or say hey i have a different viewpoint around this this is my perspective and once you hear this you might be like okay probably then it wasn't a foul i didn't have this information so then i can just retract the foul i say okay then this foul no longer is relevant or the third thing is both of us kind of agree that both of us have two perspectives which are different to each other and both of us are correct in our perspective mm-hmm. and that's okay so let us agree to disagree and move ahead so this is something that is i feel absolutely uh, brilliant uh, you know if if people can just you know a part of this is incorporated into our daily life it would make a huge difference mm. um and even at the at the end of this game even if it's a local park game or say the world championship both the teams are expected to come together and have something called the spirit circle it's a huddle where both teams come together and they engage in a conversation post the game so first is that they resolve any kind of unresolved conflict if they mm-hmm. felt like some kind of conflict was not resolved properly this is a space where you resolve it but here the intention is about kon galti kiya it's not about who did wrong but more importantly uh, how do we do better next time how do we resolve conflicts better and the second part is that you have an option to give feedback to each other if a team wants some kind of feedback on how they can do better or what they can change this is a space for that and then the last part is where you appreciate whoever you would like your teammate and opponent and then you go ahead so just this activity of holding the circle poster game is a reflective space which really changes how we play the game because post the game you know you are going to share a space with the opponent you know you're going to come together at that point uh, right. after the game and engage in a conversation so the way you play itself would be different so i can relate to at the moment you said you know that this is a self refereed game i could immediately relate to it because there are certain things in my life that are similar in the sense of you need to bring a certain personality to the to the activity so for, uh, in my life uh, that falls in the bracket of dungeons and dragons i i facilitate dnd games and then i'm a big fan of pro wrestling and pro wrestling is a cooperative sport slash theatrical performance in the sense it's it's prescripted results but it is still very real very intense action that hurts and like it's very dangerous and all of that it is a sport in that regard but the moment like you talk about you know where you don't have a third party overseeing it like in the case of pro wrestling or like in the case of dnd there is this idea of oh it's not competitive therefore it's not uh, difficult right and uh, people like don't understand the intensity that can be brought in a cooperative space so i'd like you to take a moment to talk about how intense ultimate frisbee gets and sort of why it like why more eyes should be on it as a sport yeah i mean you can be cooperative and competitive they are not in two different uh, you know it's not a either or so and i say this is that uh um, the games get like super intense super intense because the games are usually 75 to 90 minutes depending on uh, you know scheduling and so on so even if it's a 75 minute game that will be roughly close to 25 points that are played by two teams and when this happens like because of the rules of the game which is how you score and 
once you have the disk you have to be uh, stationary only other people can move unless you are constantly moving you won't be able to get the disk out you won't be able to have the disk flow your uh, game to flow which means your work rate is quite high and compared to other sports usually there are zones that play right like um, say in football uh, when the ball is in the defending zone the defenders are a lot more active mm-hmm. and the midfielders kind of support but the attackers are now just getting back into position and looking at an attack spot and when it is in the attack the defenders are staying at the back they are just regrouping their defense and uh, they still have some time but in ultimate all seven have to continuously keep moving sprinting intense like very very high intensity throughout yeah i mean just as a cardio activity for like you said 75 minutes was the game time yes oh, uh, i mean so, even if you're switching out players like you said happens just the intense amount of cardio i imagine like it requires the athleticism that a basketball or a football requires yes i mean actually the thing is that because the sport is quite young we need actually lot more uh, athleticism because if you see a football tournament at best you would have like a match a day or like two matches in a day that is like even at the college level right with ultimate you are trying to optimize a lot with this area space that you have to play so you have back to back matches so sometimes you go up to four and five matches a day and then it's like a three day tournament so as a player there is as a player oh so my god that very, sounds horrendous <laughs> yeah but it's fun uh, and it it is like by the time you finish your perhaps like the seventh eighth match your body is almost broken by the time you reach finals in in the sense that and then it's a lot more about you're in that fatigue stage where a lot of your decision making is coming into play how do you bring your mental fitness into the game make those decisions which you are not taking the easy way out you are still willing to put in the effort by the last day of the tournament it gets super intense because it's not just one more cardiovascular activity it is a lot more in the head yeah than what your body and your muscles can do yeah i mean there's that whole athlete's mindset thing where the split uh, split second decision making and the ability to react the ability to pivot on a ever changing field all of that like it very much puts this activity in the realm of sports and i i'm i'm not going to continuously debate with you whether ultimate is a sport or not it is a sport but just because we are in the Thanks, introduction Bebo. section we are setting we you know yes. we're setting the foundation on of the conversation i think it's important to point out outside of let's let's make a hard twist here we'll come back to ultimate and uh, in particular we'll come back to why uh, your your foundation why ultimate you said you're in kerala at the moment for a friend's wedding you told me this before we started recording talk to me a little bit more about yourself the kind of friends you have you told me that you're driving you're basically you know helping out by being uh-huh. driver for a lot of things uh-huh. what prompted you to let's take that off the record but yeah <laughs> I, i mean see I, i feel like it's such a good thing that you know you are making yourself available to help not everybody does that you know yeah and and it's important in in especially with like things like weddings which are logistical yeah. nightmares i'm marwadi i would know uh is like the anyone like anyone helping is a big blessing so uh but in general like talk to me a little bit about uh you are from kerala 
what does that mean to you and you mentioned like a kerala breakfast i just want to get a little bit of an idea of your culture your personal culture as informed by you know yeah. where you're from and uh, the company keeper yeah yeah well um so whether i whether people identify me as a malayali is something that i am now unsure of with the number of years i have spent in delhi and uh, like yesterday i was just talking to a shop owner i wanted to buy something i wanted to buy a notepad and in between accidentally like a word of hindi came out and there was like this moment of regret like like people were like oh, 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 what is happening so i am also still figuring out that identity of kerala how much of kerala is in me and also a typical malayali who is a a great contributor to the kerala bevco the beverage corporation i am uh, sadly not one of those uh, so that becomes another identity crisis however for me kerala is a lot about friends and uh, friends are the people i grew up with i had the privilege of uh, going to a school run by jesuits uh, it's called loyola school trivandrum and oh, I, I I had, oh wait who who do you know from loyola not wait, i think this will go much but i'm i'm familiar with loyola i forget who it was i think it was one of my friends from college he went to loyola because he kept talking about it like it is just like oh, you know, yeah. it, uh, it was a thing of pride for him like i'm from loyola just like for <laughs> for some of my batchmates and me for a short time it was a thing like oh i'm from don bosco and so so uh-huh. like people carry that pride. yeah yeah I think uh, we went to the same Loyola with the way he is uh, speaking. It's a symptom of almost a lot of these Loyolites that come out that they keep talking about the school. So yeah. I went there and I studied there for 13 years and uh, the person who was getting married end of next month is my classmate. He was with me throughout. He he left school in 10th standard, but we always stayed in touch. And we, we were a batch of 172 people in total across four divisions when we graduated from 12th. and even now we have an active space of like close to 40 people engaging with each other on like a weekly basis um, nice. and i know the relation that i have with each of them there are a few people who i haven't spoken in the na- last 9 years but i can just pick up the phone and just call and like alia which basically translates to brother in law but it is like the it is like the the go to term for the your close friends yeah we have so the same thing that the same thing in hindi like sala means you know brother in law <laughs> machai yeah. uh, in uh, sorry kannada and tamil uh, yeah. is brother in law it's just a thing that we do <laughs> in india yes <laughs> yes so i have a lot of brother in laws a lot of alliances that way uh, who i can like always go to and you know so there is this unsaid brotherhood that has been built over time where i mean and a lot of these things come uh, a lot of things that have happened in life has come through the support of that brotherhood like seniors juniors in different ways even our non-profit is being supported in many ways by people across the batches from the institution so for me kerala is a lot about the institution and the relationships that were built during that phase like every time that i come to kerala even if it's like a two day visit i make it a point that i go visit my school even if there is nobody in the school just be in that space uh, is super important for me like in my formative years the opportunities and 
people and the relationships that the school fostered has been extremely important i feel uh, in shaping me as a person and a lot of people when they look back in school especially during your college days they'll be like yeah i i never want to go back to school like that's how almost all my friends in college used to talk about school like a scarring experience yeah um, and I, yes it could be for many people but i got extremely lucky there and it wasn't my case from a very shy person at one point to being pushed into different leadership roles and different opportunities and time and again uh, helped me massively like yeah so for me kerala i associate a lot with my school and uh, food uh, the emotion that i have with it is that i love food but in delhi i cook my own food so which means i cook very simple planned food yeah. and now with the luxury of being home and you can say that oh today this is the i, I can we have this and everybody yeah, yeah yeah sure sure whatever you say you're coming like uh, once in a blue moon so whatever you say so i i had my favorite put fire today morning which is steamed rice cake and green I, gram with coconut i'm familiar with uh, so my my mom grew up in bangalore uh, and oh, nice. so i have a little bit of the culture in my sort of family as well not malayali in particular but i i got a chance to uh, visit i forget where all um now man we'll we'll drop that line of conversation <laughs> i'm going to drop uh, i'm going to delete that from this uh, recording or maybe i'll leave it in so we have a rough idea of who you are as a person i think you know talking about a good childhood experience a good school experience translating that into a move to delhi which i don't know how that happened yet but i will find out and then yeah. ultimately an involvement in ultimate uh, let's talk more about your adult life now in section 2 where we will talk about your work. Uh, coming back to a uh, conversation with benoy stephen in just a minute and we're back with benoy stephen uh, now we're talking about his work benoy what do you do for a living yeah i'm building an organization called why ultimate and uh, i'm still trying to figure out how that would add to my living i am currently not earning a living from a monetary perspective through this opportunity right now mm-hmm. but over time the belief is that it will get there with the quality of work we do you don't have a separate job that you're doing at the moment no um like so for the last one year i have been uh, focusing on this so we are being incubated by an organization but on the side there are other projects that kind of come to me with the past associations that are there so i just support as a virtual program manager or facilitator on a case to case basis uh, mm-hmm. but that's not like that's not as a source of income regular income yeah yeah it, yeah and it's like I, i love that work also like i believe in the work that the organization is doing and any way i can support uh, the organization and be part of that mission also i would like to contribute and you previously had a corporate job but you quit yeah so my journey has been uh, right after college i joined uh, teach for india uh, oh, teach for india. sorry oh i'm 26 now oh yeah young okay i'm 30 dude uh, yeah i just don't have hair like but it's i'm young that's Nobody's what people judging. say nobody's judging <laughs> yeah good good it's a podcast anyway so right after college i went into teach for india so i taught in a government school in malakpet in hyderabad for yeah. two years so that was a wonderful experience quite quite challenging i never thought i would finish the fellowship 
but right. two years later into i mean i i finished the fellowship and that was interesting and there are a lot lot of experiences that happened during the fellowship that did some work around ultimate frisbee itself uh, with our kids and community and other two schools as well and the kind of satisfaction that i got from that space uh, was super inspiring for me personally like one of one of my girls it's a it's a common practice that uh, you know you send the boys to a private school and the girl to a government school because a boys return of investment girls dead investment going into somebody else's house why do we put money but from that yeah from and like one of the girls in my classroom she used to speak only telugu and was the was tagged the most problematic uh, kid uh, right like uh, she would go run and beat the hell out of the boys also so even the boys were scared and uh, at one point uh, she started playing frisbee and uh, she got like this channel where she can spend the energy and there is no fear so she would do whatever it takes for her to push herself and uh, she was getting better and better and better at the sport uh, she got selected into the hyderabad team the that was going and playing another tournament mm-hmm. when she was like 12 years old uh and at the tournament the, her teammates are also people who have played for india who have years of experience behind and she's like 6 months into the sport and through the tournament multiple teams gave her the most valuable player and uh, when you come back home and suddenly the parents are like hey, there is something in her also uh yeah. you know there is something and uh, then in my last month of the fellowship the father came and told me that after i'm leaving she's no longer going to continue in the school and for that second i was super scared like you know uh, is it because now as a girl she has gone out and played so much that this is it now it's time to sit at home but then he is like she is also going to be in the private school with her siblings her brothers and that gave a lot of satisfaction and like the, one of the mediums which really helped her was that sport and pushing herself and these kind of things really was helping me and i wanted to play a lot more and that's when i thought okay i'm going to come back to delhi and just uh, play a lot more be with the first set of kids that uh, i met uh, when i was in college who uh, just started playing ultimate wanted to just play with them wanted to support them in whatever way we'll figure things out mm-hmm. and it's in that process that uh, you know while ultimate as an idea was there and from there it became an organization it became let's support 15 kids let's support 150 300 kids and then it just went on and then right before covid uh, one of i was offered a role with a corporate to step in as their grassroots sport consultant uh, with a focus on ultimate frisbee mm-hmm. um, so um, the idea was like we take it to like 15000 villages so we made all plans and the pilot was supposed to be in march 2020 and uh, we all know what happened in march 2020 <laughs> 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 and then uh, life changed from there and then i was pivoted into the corporate marketing of sports for that uh, thing so i was working with uh, leading international cricketers and you know, sports franchises and sporting events um and creating like digital presence for this brand with respect to sport however it was super hard for me to see uh, how would it connect to the grassroots that i wanted to be part of to be connected with so um after 2 years of working with them um in 2021 november i think i i left that uh, consultant role and then um 
from then it has been a full time effort at wildmet to build it step by step so the reason i generally ask people about work and money is one you know money is a topic that needs to be discussed more but two it's pri- it's also where a lot of people find their primary ambition you know which is why i i like to talk about work as its own section just because it sort of i can see in certain people when i talk to them like there's a sparkle in their eye when they talk about the work um it's rare for me to find a guest like you who uh, is in the middle of a dream you know we hear we hear success stories of people who who quit their job and pursued a dream and they struggled for x number of years and look where they are we hear those stories we we don't hear enough stories about i am in the middle of struggling towards that dream right so it's it's so refreshing to get somebody like you who's like you know i quit it a year ago and i'm unsure about the future i'm unsure about like the income of it but i'm doing it because i believe in you know so yeah. thank you so much for giving me the privilege of having this conversation with you it is really inspiring and i i don't mean that facetiously right yeah so, yeah absolutely um, and yeah go ahead yeah i mean uh, i also genuinely thank the space because like you know just having this conversation is just nice and it like success or whatever is not this end product yes, uh, like not the end goal it doesn't yeah. have to be the end goal yeah absolutely and like even us being able to have this conversation means that there is some value in whatever it is right like there is learning at the end of it and that 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 for me is super uh, important and just being able to be part of a space without so called making it in the world uh, is even more fun so uh, I mean, thanks for I, having I me i used to be i used to be that person obviously like when i was younger that that is what is kind of drilled into you right success and everything and i am i'm blessed with mental acu- acuity and like the privilege of being born in a well to do family and everything that i was in that mindset of okay i need to do so much more for me the change came when my mental health started struggling so like i have biological lifelong recurrent depression and even though it's difficult i'm grateful for it because you know even speaking from a point of privilege where i have money and i can you know afford a comfortable life i've like stepping away from that desire for just success just like that mad desire for success and what what can i do to give back and then uh, so for me like the thing was okay i'm going to produce this show and there are other things i'm doing so to see you like somebody who is you know dedicating their life to service in a, in a way like you want to work with grassroots level you want to work with sort of building a sport and helping kids through sport that story you told of that 12 year old girl like you know it's it's a bright spot in a black shroud of girls still to this day don't get the same opportunities as boys and you're able to facilitate that but even then let's not gloss over success because you know you're talking about working at a scale that is quite successful you 15000 villages helping thousands of kids what's the scale that why ultimate is operating at now yeah i mean we are at uh, close to 1 by 15000 of that scale right now <laughs> we are in one place primarily which is delhi so mm-hmm. uh, i mean a lot of it uh, happened uh, due to covid yeah that's why so recovery off- still yeah we started off with uh, 15 kids in a park in uh, in delhi in 2015 informally 
and over time 2015 to 18 was this incubation time with this bunch of 15 and a lot of changes that happened with this first bunch uh, and they are right now a professional ultimate frisbee club team called gk mad and i also play on that club team with with these kids the learnings from working with this bunch and the changes that happened it's like why should it be just this 15 why don't we take it to more kids and that's when we also found this other sweet spot that for this 15 for them to go ahead in life one of the best ways for them to go ahead and develop themselves is by themselves becoming a mentor for the next generation yeah uh, as you coaches yeah and it, it it is very different from somebody like me or somebody who doesn't have the context or who hasn't grown up in a similar situation going and saying that hey do this when you see some a bhaiya or a didi who has lived a similar life has gone gone through quite a bit of what you are going through and they are doing something and it is a lot more relatable you know yeah. it is no no longer a preachy concept and that was interesting and uh, then we were working with 400 kids actively so we got incorporated as an organization we did some pilots in 2018 2019 we got incorporated as an organization after our incorporation as an organization we then uh, started working with close to 393 close to 400 kids regularly in 2019 20 financial year mm-hmm. and uh, another close to 800 kids through workshops and other uh, you know minimal touch point activities and then suddenly with covid with almost no funding yeah yeah i mean our model also was like for us to keep cost low we didn't go so intensive in other communities we were just this frisbee by frisbee didi who comes and uh, you know does stuff so from there uh, for us we took the call that whatever it takes let's try to keep the frisbee byers and frisbee didis alive in this context so we scaled down back to one community from 11 communities and we just there through the pandemic and then we are getting back on feet we have another four communities that we are working with currently yes. my team is working on getting another three communities back on feet in the next one month and uh, perhaps a few hundred kids in a school a government school that we are in talks with too so a lot of things are happening with respect to ultimate right now uh, but effectively we are Uh, about 140 beneficiaries at this point with two full time staff and uh, 11 interns coaches who are all once beneficiary who are all once beneficiaries of our program so uh, that's our team and that's our numbers and impact looking like right now congratulations to you and i wish you all the best in like rebuilding like thankfully we are now exiting covid <laughs> exiting covid so i am not yeah. very affected thankfully by like covid because i'm a writer like i'm a professional writer i need a laptop a wifi connection and a house and i can sit here. i i i was working from home before it was cool right so <laughs> so i cannot unfortunately fully empathize with you except in the way of like just understanding how difficult it must be but all the best yeah. to you and your team i think you're doing something wonderful Are you the solo founder? Did you have partners who started with you, or was this situation? Yeah. So I mean, how it started is we are just four friends who I mean there were a lot of people who play ultimate frisbee in Delhi yeah. back then, and uh, at that time they were playing in a community right next to a small slum called Zamrutpur, 
and these kids from the slum used to just go to school loiter around see the frisbee it falls outside you want to pick it up and throw it back and then like you know you want to play you see the game then you try to create your own version with your friends so that has been the origin of this game with this bunch initially and it's that time when me and three other people from different walks of life like a person who's an organization behavior consultant from ISB another person who's a director at American Express and another person who was a cancer surgeon at Ames four of us were like okay let's do something for uh, the kids we'll do something and uh, that's how we started off and we started off in a very different model back then mm-hmm. uh, in 2015-16 when this bunch had just started it was just like a this you know random project and we called ourselves yu trying to get inspiration from yu with the idea being like we'll be you know omnipresent and be everywhere at one point we'll be the global brand uh, yu and slowly we'll get there but from yu yu it became yu and yu uh, is y ultimate now so that has been like the journey so there are a few other people ultimate being the global name for the sport of ultimate frisbee right yes it's correct so i mean uh, we have a couple of co-founders however i am the active person on ground the other people are uh, more of a mentor yeah. uh, role like vivek who is the most active he's like there throughout and just getting ensuring everything is happening like there is a lot of idea that i have but he has way more experience which makes us you know bring those things uh, into reality uh, so uh, he contributes that way shishir helps us with fundraising uh, who's working at american express and paris helps us with um, a lot more of networks but however his life has taken a different course with family and kids now which has also you know, keeps him busy um, and there is one person from zamrutpur who has been critical in the first bunch to grow uh who was handling our entire community relations back then and now he has stepped up as one more director who is now handling our operations in delhi at this point he's rohit so uh, we have uh yeah so co-founders effectively we have a couple of people on yeah, ground the team uh, is there like it's there is a desire to do something and from that desire like comes a foundation that you'll build on uh like i said again so like all the best to you and your team because it is rare to see somebody in the middle of a dream so i nothing but you know love and positivity towards you we actually going to jump into section 3 without any break because we're flowing you're flowing well yeah so generally so, uh, section 3 is about side projects and why i use the word side project uh, is people receive those words differently some people receive it as hobby something i like to do for a past time something that helps me disconnect from work or be something different yeah. some people receive it as or oh, an extra venture something that i actually want to do and okay. so on from from you what i've received is like you know you're being athletic you're playing the sport yourself and i guess just trying to keep yourself fit through the sport what does fitness yeah oh <laughs> fitness means a lot to me right now if you had asked me this question exactly one year and one month before i'd be like ah, whatever but now it means a lot so uh, for me uh, actually yeah i think fitness is my side project in some ways mm-hmm. uh, because like working with kids and working on ultimate uh, is something that gives me a lot of joy enabling people to play gives me a lot of joy 
but also being part of a team and like striving for excellence gives me gives me a lot of joy and that that's what gk mad is for me getting into gk mad is easy but getting out of gk mad is even easier because right now every single kid we are working with the aspiration is that get into gk so like there are, are a lot of people working hard to like get into that roster team roster spot mm. and uh, the moment i slack off will be off the team you know for, i mean i might still be on the team because okay i'm this bhaiya who has been there and i could you know have an honorary position like uh, come and fill in when required but i imagine you but, don't want that yeah i have been there like i have been in that spot and from there at one point during covid itself um just trying to get the team to work out and get back into shape uh, but i myself i have a job at a corporate job with random hours and then i wasn't putting enough effort and then i was like you know if i myself can't do it i can't demand this of people who are trying to deliver on swiggy zomato shadow facts all the way till like 2 am 3 am and ask them to turn up for a 6 am workout or a team practice so and i am also living in the same community along with them so i cannot now say that oh i can't commute so i was like i should also try to push and once i started pushing slightly things started getting better uh like started i was able to play a bit better when i started getting play a little better the players on the team gave me a l- few more roles for me to step into mm-hmm. and then when i was used in certain critical points and was able to make a small dent there or even just be part of that process the adrenaline rush the satisfaction is so intoxicating that i don't want to let go of that so for that i have to really keep at it with respect to fitness and just this journey of fitness is for me very very rewarding and there is a lot of learning in this space because it is not linear uh, you know yeah, you plan that very, if we uh, do this wave like it's very sine wave like it goes up and down. like fitness like you you think you're going to do this you try something it might not work for you or you might get injured and then you need to come back sometimes something like just come at you in life and you have to take a stop and then you have to rebuild yourself mm-hmm. and then you just can't go back to exactly what you were do- doing you need to have the humility to you know accept that hey i need to take it a step back and then rebuild myself or have that patience i've struggled really put in, yeah like be consistent with that effort and like trust the process and uh, actually a lot of these things are what happens with life as well like with building the organization as well like a lot of it is that i have to be consistent and uh, trust the process that over time it's going to add up over time these efforts will translate if i am putting in the honest work that is required behind it so th- those things are super uh, helpful for me to develop personally like something is running that i do right now have picked it up close to a year back when you are in the run the first kilometer you just feel like ah oh, no why uh, it's time like why why are we doing this yeah. why did i wear my shoes today uh, and from there it's like okay but there is a target and then i have to finish this so what would it take to finish it and where can i summon that energy to finish it and then when you do this a few times then you know hey i can do this and then there is a sense of self belief oh this i can do any day yeah it, it's just for me once i wake up there are first couple of hours goes into the team practice and workout and these associated activities and that is what 
at one level physically drains energy but that is also the place where i mentally derive the energy to push through rest of the stuff so yeah i'll give you context on my relationship with fitness i've i've uh, worked out in a gym since the age of 15 i'm 30 now and i mentioned my mental health stuff before so in november 2021 you were quitting your job in november 2021 i was entering my third or fourth i, I can never be sure i was entering an acute phase of depression where i needed you know medical intervention and all that two months before september 2021 was the healthiest i'd ever been in my life uh, like was the most athletically fit i'd ever been in my life i i had a milestone challenge that i did as part of a workout program uh, called the 400 challenge where what i did was 100 pushups 100 squats 100 uh, inverted Don't rows and 100 crunches and i had to do it in less than 17 minutes and i did it in 1635 which i couldn't believe you know uh, but forward to november depression happens everything shuts down work shuts down workout shut down now again in september this year i have recovered from that it's gone away thankfully i'm just on a maintenance dose of medicine now and i'm back in the gym so i i mentioned to you before we started recording right that i had gone to the gym yeah. earlier today like my legs are killing me so as soon as we're done with this conversation i'm going to collapse and give it some heat treatment like you mentioned like the whole physically draining i find that for me it becomes also mentally draining in a good way where it empties out your mind all the intrusive thoughts that you have as someone with mental health stuff i have to be in tune with my mind right so for me like fitness becomes this way of getting all the shit out of the brain like just pushing it out of the body and there's a sense of euphoria and calm are you a results driven person or do you find mm-hmm. that detaching yourself from results helps you maintain consistency better yeah i mean i was a results oriented person and i i was like that very oh, what will i immediately get like in 5 seconds right after that what will i get yeah. uh, but from there i am pushing myself a lot more to appreciate the effort and that is where my heart is and my brain sometimes goes in a different direction but we pull it back to just appreciate the effort that is what it matters just showing up just just because trying. effort is what you can control you can't control the results right absolutely absolutely i don't have a question for this i'm just interested uh what do you currently weigh i am uh at 76 now nice 76 sounds like a lot for somebody in a running sport yeah but i'm 511 so ah. uh, yeah uh, but i can i can go down a couple more that would I mean, be everybody everybody has that oh a little bit more a little bit more um let's end the section with the question are you are you happy with how you are with your body absolutely good and so it doesn't matter you don't have a couple more to live. yeah i mean i can be happier ah fuck that <laughs> dude like stop like you know i tell people no <laughs> No, mm-hmm. if you're happy, just be happy. It's okay. <laughs> like happy, happier is a demon. It's a lying demon. It's the devil trying to trick you into not being happy. Do you want to <laughs> take a little more happiness? Happen. Wouldn't hurt. A little more happiness may not hurt, but mm-hmm. we never know where the demon is. Yeah, I think as you are sort of recovering from you know the COVID of it all and. your organization is finding its roots like its foundation again i think that stability will is what you're sort of hoping for i i believe it will come yeah yeah it will do you want to take a break before section 4 or do you want to just plow on we can we can go on i think like Ooh. it's just flowing yeah okay so section 4 is about principles but the first question yeah. in section 4 is um, so you were recommended by urvi 
Urbikhatan, who was yeah. episode 111 on my show. How do you know her? She is from a same college. She was one year junior to me. She was doing history. Mm-hmm. And I was doing math. I'm trying to do math. I'm sorry. I was a math major also, like computer science, math and stats major. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so she was a year junior to you. Yeah. The way I ask for recommendation, uh, like the yeah. process has evolved over time. But now I always ask my guests, you know, this, this show works on the basis of recommendations. Who do you admire? Tell me who you admire. Why do you think Urvi admires you? I do not have an answer for that, but I know who I admire. Ah, we'll save that. We'll save that because I need to interview them. <laughs> No, but don't dodge this question. Why do you think Urvi admires you? I think I'm friends with her friends. So whenever she's having conversation with her friends, somehow I'll pop up in something that happened with Wild Med, some kid, like if I meet them, like, yeah, it is almost close to impossible that I engage in a conversation and Wild Med or a kid from one of our program doesn't come up. So... It might just be like, hey, you know what happened last week? This happened. So I, I think uh, they just bug her with a lot of uh, my stories, perhaps. I still don't know why. See, uh, you're so rude to yourself. Like, uh, the reason I, I uh-huh. invite people with this question, right? Like, we are all horrible at taking compliments. We are all horrible at accepting compliments. Thank you. Uh-huh. I, I think I should take that compliment. <laughs> Yeah, yes, I, I think you should, I think you should be happy about the fact that you know somebody admires you and they it, it I I feel like it's a validation of your cause even if that cause yeah. is not ultimately clear. But uh, this section is about principles and a simple question for you: What are three principles you try and follow? Like you're young, you're 26, so you you've got a lot of life. Yeah. Even I'm young; I'm very young, 30. So you've yeah. got a lot of life left to live. So I wouldn't ask you for advice. My older guests, I ask for advice. For you, I will ask like. What are three principles you try and follow in your life to live a happy and productive? I do not have specific mantras or, uh, you know. You, you don't this. think you do because you haven't codified Yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there would be a lot of things at the back end of it. Yeah, so there's no right and wrong answer. What do you think is important? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, something that is very important to me is a sense of, gratitude and yeah i think it, it the root is still gratitude because so from gratitude something that is super important for me is paying it forward like almost every single thing like every single thing in my life is because somebody chose to help out in some way or the other and the least we can do is just to pass it on in whatever way possible um, like going all the way back to school time when you know teachers engaging in conversations holding positive spaces uh friends being there to hold you back uh like mentors stepping in and not giving up on you even when you make a million mistakes and then you make a zillion mistakes but uh so all these things i feel are super super crucial so for me something that i try to do is wherever possible if if somebody asks me, hey, can you do this? And if my answer is, can I actually do it? Then I wouldn't hold back from doing it. Sure. Why not? Like, um, I'm sure. Uh, and I'm not doing this because, oh, one day I can ask a favor or one day I will go and ask somebody else a favor and the universe will give it back. No, that's yeah. not yeah. not 
the reason but it is just that i think that is pretty much it to life in some ways that it is uh, how much ever you honestly like to be able to help somebody like what else are you going to do with your life help somebody yeah, yeah absolutely so i think for me that is quite crucial mm-hmm. um so that is that's one thing and in that process um so kind of gratitude paying it forward and not giving up on people i would say are kind I of agree. three things but still uh, interconnected i think um, you know you don't have to yeah. make them distinct i think gratitude paying it forward and not giving up on people right that's yeah. a lo- that's a lovely set of principles to live by yeah but if i think more about it maybe my uh, principles might evolve because i have never sat down to codify it and really look at what are my principles i mean like again our our lives change and our way of thinking changes the way we articulate them changes over time uh, especially as a writer like writing and then editing other people's writing i i see that like people have something to say but they don't know how to say it and which is why i pushed you yeah. for this and to get an answer like that i was so proud of you even though like we don't really know each other this is the first time we're talking i was so proud of you that the first thing you said was gratitude because you know this is something i even i struggle with still like i believe gratitude is the foundation to living a healthy and happy life and i still struggle with it because there is this thought of oh you know it's cringy or it's it's cliche to talk about gratitude so the fact that you said it first i'm like okay this is a good per- this is a person trying to be good which is what makes them a good person right and so from there paying it forward like you said yes like that the myth of the self made man needs to die like we, none of us are self made we are we are all helped by people in our lives right absolutely and the third thing uh, so sorry gratitude paying it forward and not giving up on people explain that one to me a little bit not giving up yeah. on people so uh, paying it forward i feel like not giving up on people is super important to me because uh, i i can personally think of so many instances where somebody has tried to help me mentor me but i have made mistakes yeah. right like there are spaces that have been given to me there could be spaces that are given just because of the privilege that i have uh, or just because the other person was kinder about it and just giving those chances uh, again and again instead of having this thing that oh from now on everything is over mm-hmm. uh, from there like having doors open at all times and sometimes yes you have to emotionally distance certain people to you know conserve yourself and uh, protect your yourself but that is not coming at this thing of but never will i ever engage with you ever again no uh, so yeah um, like people are going to make mistakes i am going to make mistakes if given a chance and the guidance probably you might make one less mistake next, next time and the one less mistake the time after that so yeah because i mean and i think it is super important for me to probably verbally put it out also in the line of work that we do when we are working with kids uh, there are often times they're like ah, oh, not again yeah okay. um uh, but uh there there is this beautiful quote by rita pearson uh which says every child deserves a champion one who wouldn't give up on them no matter what it is i am 100% sure i have missed a couple of words in the quote but it's in this uh, spirit terms, like spirit. yeah this spirit 
it's uh, yeah like not giving up is important like not shutting doors is important because you never know whether you are the last door mm. yeah like a lot of children that we work with sometimes we have made rules that hey, you know what if you get into trouble in the community if you do not uh, pass your exam then you won't play the next tournament but there are times we had to relax that because probably the only thing that was keeping them in this space away from a lot of other nonsense happening in the community was the sport and just because of the rule uh, doing that and pushing a child farther away into a pit is not uh, the way ahead so we try but we do make mistakes because we are also human all we can do is try that's all we can <laughs> that's all any of us can yeah. do i think that's something new for me the fact that you said you never know if you might be the last door i'm going to reflect on that after this <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna reflect on that myself. Uh, yeah, the beautiful quote is gonna be there in the body of the. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm lightening the mood now a little bit because we got quite heavy, and I'm I'm I appreciate the fact that we can be vulnerable like this, but we are going to now sort of close out this conversation uh, with your recommendations, the last section of our interview. Benoit Sequence, please please advertise uh, why ultimate. and then give any other recommendations that you have for the audience okay how can i do this like do you have a website you, yes i do uh, but it's still in the works like as in it needs to go through quite a bit of rebranding as such like a lot of things that we are doing is not yet covered yeah sure um cool um a um so i want to just take this moment to thank everybody who helped us get into this space and you know engage in this conversation uh, with you ever hey uh, hey folks so first of all uh, thank you for listening in so far and uh, thank you for you know all the people thank you to all the people who made this possible uh, urvi webber and the person who recommended urvi and the person before that and a lot of other people who have been behind this moment happening Yeah, I just wanted to take this moment to share a little more about Wildmet, and if you felt like things we shared and what we are trying to do kind of uh, is interesting or thought provoking, and you would like to know more uh, and follow our journey, you can check out our Instagram, which is where we are most active. Our handle is Y Ultimate underscore O R G, so it is Y U L T I M A T E. underscore org and uh, we link also have below. a website link below in the description yeah sorry go ahead <laughs> yes uh, link in the bio but yeah uh website is www.yultimate.org and uh, we are also on linkedin and we are trying to just get into our linkedin space but still struggling with that aspect mm-hmm. so plug in if any of you want to come on board as a volunteer and really help us out uh with anything and if you would like to contribute in any way if it connects to you so uh feel free to write an email to me at binoy@wildmed.org and we can figure out how uh we can take it forward from there i'm wondering what to recommend there are so many things to recommend recommend a song is the i mean i feel like that's always a light but still meaningful thing to do. oh yeah yeah i love a song i recommend a malayali song sure Perfect, perfect. We are gonna do a Malayalam song, 
which is uh, by this band called the Aviel. Aviel is an alternative rock band. It holds a very close place in my heart because it is connected with my school as well. And uh, the song that I would recommend is the song called Nyan Ara, which translates to Who Am I? And the lyrics are super powerful. If you know Malayalam, it's going to hit at a different level. It's one of the lesser known songs of Aviel compared to the other songs. But uh, this is a song that I fall back on time and again. So most of the times when I walk to the park in the morning, I just play Nyanara in the background just to remind me of a few things and just get into the game mode. Uh, so yeah, I hope you enjoy listening uh, to Nyanara. And if you want to talk more about Nyanara, I'm always, always game for that. And what a great full circle moment. We started with who are you, what do you do and what is the side project? And we end with a song that translates to who are you. Benoit, thank you yeah. so much for sitting down with me. This brings us to the end of this uh, conversation and it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks a lot, Weber. This has been super long for you and I know it will be a tough time editing through all of it. Not but thanks for doing this. I'm going to stop recording. Yeah. And that was Everyday People 118 with Benoit Stephen. Thank you so much for listening. We'll close out this episode with my public diary, Letters to Myself. Hello, Webov. There's a very real meta thread that runs in my head about everything. I think about the way I think. And the energy that I attribute to this show and other things that I create takes up a non-zero number of hours every week. I realize that I want to be more specific and share stories here. Because even though these are letters to myself, they are out there for others to read. So let's reflect on a couple of specifics. On Christmas Day 2022, I was in Pondicherry on a vacation with my best friend. I got to go into the ocean no less than three times. It was everything. I'm a beach guy, always have been. There is nothing as beautiful as the ocean, an infinite expanse right in front of us. The stars are far away. The water is at our feet, calling us in. When I stood in the water with every retreating wave, it felt like every slight, every emotion, every thought was being pulled away from me, one by one. The infinite laughs at your problems. It takes them and turns them into salt crystals. At some point in my life, I want to live in a beach city. I want that sometime to be in my 30s. And I think I'm going to start working towards making that happen. I want to let the ocean pull everything out of me. It'll be exciting to see what emerges afterwards. Ocean Child, Zepuff.